Fantastic. Great to be here. And then I've just been enjoying it tonight, enjoying that atmosphere of worship. And, uh, you know, one of the things, of all of the things that we perhaps need to value and treasure, pursue and seek and cultivate in our life, it's the presence of God, to have the presence of God. Some people don't know even what that means. So perhaps one way we could talk about it is just talk about atmosphere. You know, you know, and I can see a bit of smoke in here, so, you know, normally you couldn't see anything here, you wouldn't see the lights, but now you see the, whatever it is, the vapor, whatever they did, but there's something in the atmosphere, you can see it. You get too much of it, you can smell it, and it may affect you. But atmosphere, we can't see it, but it affects us very, very deeply. So you can thrive in an atmosphere or be absolutely choked and wither in an atmosphere. You get a polluted atmosphere over in Taiwan there, and all the people out in the streets, they've got these masks on. Policemen who stand there doing all the street stuff, they have these masks they wear because it's so polluted. So terribly polluted atmosphere. So very active breathing endangers your health in some parts of Taiwan and other parts of the world it's like this. So a natural atmosphere can be wonderfully clean like it is in Hawke's Bay or it can be full of pollen and have your nose running. You can't usually see the pollen, but boy, your nose and eyes run. How many know what we're talking about here? So you know, it's in the atmosphere. Well, about this time of year, isn't it too? And uh, so the atmosphere naturally can be very, very clean and pure and, and uh, really invigorating and healthy for us. The atmosphere can be polluted. And when it's polluted, there's something in it. You may not see it, but it's there, it's real, and it affects you. Your life can thrive or your life can wither. It's the same with spiritual atmosphere. A spiritual atmosphere, you can't see the spiritual atmosphere, but its presence can be felt. So a spiritual atmosphere is made up of something spiritual. There is something spiritual present, and it's tangible, and it has an influence on your life. So you can have a polluted spiritual atmosphere. When you have a polluted spiritual atmosphere, you can literally feel the pollution. Most times, we think something's wrong with us, or we're feeling bad or having a bad day. But a spirit of heaviness, you can feel heaviness. Ever been around a group of people that have been really heavy? Ever been around a group of people that were very depressed? You can almost feel it. You get into a place where people have been having an argument, you can just about feel the conflict and tension in the air. What, what is feeling that? Your spirit is feeling it. You are affected by it. So if we don't understand that, we can live in a region like this and not realize that there is a spiritual atmosphere that dominates, demonic atmosphere that people live under, and it affects them, fills people with anger, fills people with heaviness, fills people with despair, fills people with uh, violence, fills people with all kinds of things. It influences people, shapes the way we live. You look in some cities around the world, and if I was to say San Francisco, then you would know immediately, or you'd identify that with being a gay city, homosexual, wellity abounds there, and there's obviously a spiritual influence that affects the thinking in the city. You go to a place like uh, Las Vegas, immediately we use the name. You know there's something there. There's a gambling spirit over that place, a dominant spirit that affects that whole spiritual atmosphere. So wherever we go, there's some kind of atmosphere that has been created by the sins of people and dominant spirits. But you and I are called to bring the presence of God, to live in the presence of God, carry the presence of God, release the presence of God, be agents for God's presence to enter the earth. You're made for that. You are made to do that. 
You were born to do that. Here's the interesting thing. You choose your spiritual atmosphere. You choose what kind of atmosphere you carry around. Some guys would have put on some aftershave. You know, put on some aftershave tonight. Yeah, one or two, that's great. And you came in and, oh, that smells nice. You brought an atmosphere with you. Others perhaps haven't had a shave or a shower for a few days. Well, you bring a different kind of atmosphere altogether. And whenever you get there, people know it, smell it. It just is there. And, you know, well, we can carry a spiritual atmosphere that will help people and change what is there, or we, or we yield to the atmosphere that's around us. So you and I are called to carry the presence of God. I want to show you just a few scriptures just related to that in uh, Exodus, sorry, in Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Let me just show you just a few things that come from the presence of God. When we're talking about a spiritual atmosphere of the presence of God, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, the person of God, being tangibly in and around your life in a way that people who meet with you experience God. We're talking about God's presence being real in your life. So you are aware of Him. When God's presence is tangible, we can actually literally feel the atmosphere of His presence, maybe full of joy maybe full of uh, a repentance, or maybe full of, uh, of, of love. It can be full of all kinds of things, depending on how God wants to reveal himself. So you can, you can sense the presence of God at times, and it will affect your life. It affects your countenance. It affects what you like. So let me just give you a few scriptures that just talk about the presence of God and its impact in your life. And then I want to share with you just three simple things about the presence of God in your life. And uh, I'd love to know what you're carrying, whether you carry heaviness and depression, whether you live down or whether you, and live in the place of defeat, or whether you live conscious God, almighty God is with you. So here's the thing, in Ephesians, sorry, I'm in Acts chapter 3, where it is, it says, uh, and let's have a look, in verse uh, 19, repent, be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. So one of the things that comes out of the presence of the Lord is refreshing. That word refreshing means to breathe again, like you had an asthma attack and you couldn't breathe properly, and now you can breathe again. When the presence of God comes, you feel fresh. You ever had a, a nice shower after you've had a couple of days in the bush and you feel, whoa, I feel clean, I feel fresh, I feel good. And so when the presence of God comes around our life, there's a refreshing. Our life becomes invigorated. We breathe. There's a vitality comes into us. But, you know, it tells us there very clearly that one of the keys to that happening is dealing with sin that blocks the presence of God. So it's God's plan. You experience His presence, and in that presence you get refreshed. There's another verse found in Exodus 33, verse 14 to 15. And, and uh, Moses is talking, and he says, If your presence doesn't go with us, then we don't want to go anywhere. God says, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Verse 14, My presence will go with you. I will give you rest. Isn't that interesting? That one aspect of the presence of God is refreshing in our life. A second aspect is rest. What does that mean? It means you're not anxious. You meet a lot of people today, they're uptight. Perhaps you've come and you're uptight tonight. Then one of the things that will shift being uptight is becoming conscious of the presence of God and you can let go of the anxiety and come to rest inside. Some people are driven. 
they just something inside them drives them. They, they're so driven that this, their, life is, their life is intense. They've got to run from one thing to another, another. Their life is so driven. And usually what's driving them is that the feelings about themselves, uh, bad feelings, negative feelings. And they think if they just do enough, that'll make them good and make them, it'll solve the problem in their life. Actually, the presence of God is what is needed to give you rest. People are crying for peace these days. They're in turmoil. And it's the presence of God gives you that. So when God's presence, I become conscious of it, then the anxiety. You can't be anxious and conscious of God at the same time. You either got one or the other. Have you ever been around someone and they were so uptight, you almost felt uptight being with them? They're so stressed that hanging around them is quite stressful. Now what is that? What is happening? Well, the spirit that is influencing their life and their emotions and their thoughts is now radiating out and starting to affect you. And you have to decide what you're going to do, whether you'll come in an opposite spirit and subdue that or whether you'll just catch it and you'll be uptight as well. You met a very angry person. Hang around angry people, you get very angry. Why? Because they carry a spiritual atmosphere that affects you and you get into turmoil. You feel injustice. You start to get stirred up. But you know, God wants to bring rest. When a person's at rest, there's a calmness about them. And God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said, well, how will we know that we're distinctive from all the other people around us unless your presence is with us? So one of the key characteristics a believer has got the potential to carry is a peace and a presence of God. And you can bring that peace wherever you go. You can bring peace into houses. You can bring peace into your school, peace into your business. You can bring that presence of God and it brings rest. People need rest desperately. But what if you don't do that? What if you fail to function like God called you to function and instead you let that atmosphere get over you? You become part of the problem. So we have to live our lives conscious that if I will connect with God intimately day by day, I can bring and release His presence wherever I go, and it will change what is there. So if people are in need of refreshing, my being there can refresh them. If people are anxious and uptight, then I can actually calm them down because of my presence there. Presence of God coming from my life, in your life. Think about that. There's another one found in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 23. 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 23. Another good one here. And this is about David. And David knew how to bring the presence of God. David was a man anointed. The presence of God was on him. But he knew not only how to carry the presence of God, he knew how to release the presence of God. Look at this in verse 23. It came that whenever the Spirit from God... So, so whenever the demonic spirit was upon Saul, that David would take a harp and play it with his hand, and Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing, tormenting spirit would depart from him. So Saul had a demonic spirit around him. It makes an unusual statement. It says that came from the Lord. Actually, the Lord's got no demons to give anyone. But when you break the laws of God, you open your life up to demonic spirits. When you go outside the Word of God and live apart from God and separate from God, you open your life to demonic spirits. Saul lived a life of rebellion against God, disobedience against God, and eventually he experienced the consequence. He was tormented by spirits. Now, here's the interesting thing, and I want to focus on this, but David knew how to bring the presence of God in such a way that demons would leave. Now, how about that? How many people do you know that are tormented by spirits? You know how to bring God's presence so that they begin to feel refreshed 
and the atmosphere changes and demonic spirits go. I remember going to a, a, um, a was it a crematorium one time? <coughs> Excuse me. And we had a group of people, a couple of people with me. And uh, when I went in there, it was, I had to take a funeral. And there was a horrendous atmosphere. Uh, there's just this ap- just a gloom of death and grief. And you could feel it walking in there. I've ever, I don't know if you've ever been down there to the crematorium and you walk in there and no matter how much nice music they try and bring in there, it, there's still there's something in there. There was, there was this death and grief. It was so thick on that particular day, you could literally feel it. And I remember walking in there with the two musicians and in the middle, I could feel this thing and I just something in me rose up and I spoke and commanded it to go and immediately the atmosphere cleared. And it was so noticeable that the two people who were with me said, whoa, Everything's changed in here. Something is altered. We had invited the Spirit of God to come. And that day when we had the funeral, it was quite extraordinary that people got so touched by the presence of God that the spirit of grief was overwhelmed, uh, it was, was subdued. And the interesting thing was it was the kind of funeral which, you, which is very difficult to take. The woman had committed suicide. It was a horrendous thing. And the daughter had discovered the mother. And it was one of those, just a tragic situation. And very, very difficult because every, there's this pall of gloom. And yet the presence of God was in the place and it changed. And although people grieved, of course, it's right to grieve was their loss. But grief didn't dominate the day. A sense of peace and Rest and the presence of God was there. Well, that's our job. We're called to bring the presence of God into the community. Don't complain about the community. You and I are there to make a difference, to bring God to people. So that means we need to be connected to Him, learn what to do and how to carry Him. So you notice here, demonic spirits can disappear. We can actually make a move out of a place and the presence of God come into it. Think about that. Think of how much difference you could bring where you go and where you live if you were to bring the presence of God and demonic spirits departed the moment they saw you coming. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Well, you're designed for that. You're designed to do that kind of thing. You're designed for that kind of thing to happen. In Psalm 1611, it says, in your presence is fullness of joy. That's another overflow of the presence of God. Well, have you noticed a lot of people are gloomy today? Walk down the street and have a look at people's faces. And you walk down the street smiling and rejoicing or whistling. I found an interesting thing if you just whistle. Quite surprising how people look think you're quite weird or something. Why are you so happy? Well, I'm not happy. I'm just joyful. And it's within. I've probably got more difficulties and challenges than some of the people I'm meeting. But nevertheless, there's a joy that we can carry within us. But, you know, no, it's just having it there. You need to be conscious God's with you and then express the joy. Joy has to be expressed. You know, put it on your face. Let it come out of your countenance. Let it flow from your spirit. Joy is from the inside. Happiness is on the outside. Oh, well, I'm happy because today's going good. Yesterday I was down because today, yesterday went bad. The day before was even worse, and I was very depressed on that day. Now, you notice people talk like that, and what it means is that their circumstances rules their life, the prevailing atmosphere rules their life. They're not actually winning in life at all, thinking and working that way. Where they're living their life on the outside rather than living it on the inside. You're called to carry a prevailing presence of God that will help you to carry joy, help you carry the life. You know why people have to drink? have to drink because they're not happy. And they're, and they're under control and their life is tense and they need booze to free up. And once they have a few drinks in and they start to loosen up, have a couple more and then bad stuff happens. 
You know, it's hard to know where to draw the line, really, isn't it, eh? It would be much better just get full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the joy of the Lord. Holy Ghost. Fill me with joy. And then begin to smile. Let it come out. I mean, it's no use having it so deep you can't see it. It needs to show. You know, express the joy. Express it through your face. Smile. The way you carry yourself. Remember, I remember standing cleaning my car one day, and I heard a sound of a man walking down the street. And I thought, that man is a depressed man. No, I hadn't even seen him. But I could tell he was depressed. I could tell he was depressed. He was dragging his feet. And literally his whole body was just drag, drag, drag like that. And he was depressed. You could tell it. It showed in his body. But, you know, when there's joy in our life, it should, it'll show in the countenance and show in your body. So these are some of the things that the presence of God brings. Here's something else it brings. Have a look in 1 Samuel. Uh, we're in 1 Samuel now, aren't we? Well, then we have a look at 2 Samuel chapter 6. Let me show you something else that God's presence brings. 2 Samuel chapter 6. Presence of God. I love the presence of God. I need the presence of God. Can't live without the presence of God. Had years without God's presence, tangible presence. How miserable that is. I've been into churches where there was no tangible presence of God. I didn't know which was the worst thing. The fact that there was no tangible presence or the fact that they didn't seem to realize. I've been in many places like that. I remember being in a group of men and, uh, and they, had this, they did this song service. And I looked at the guy next to me. I said, I think the worst thing about this is they think God is here and there's no tangible presence. Actually, heaviness and depression and all kinds of issues are ruling over these men. There's no freedom in them. And the guy stood up and he said, how wonderful to have the presence of God here. I thought, what? What? I said, Hello? And then I realized he'd lived that way so long he thought that was normal. He thought it was normal. You know, in many churches, people live without any tangible presence of God, and they consider it's normal. I remember a friend of mine who's a pastor, and he, he was uh, going to visit a, a well-known church. It was overseas. I won't identify it at all. And, uh, and I was very interested because uh, the leader of this church is well-known, very influential person. And uh, so he went over there and came back, and I, tell, and I said, tell me about it. Tell me about it. And I said, there's one thing particularly I want you to tell me. And I said, when you went into that place, which is big, successful, and has so much that they do so well, did you feel the presence of God? He said, no. I said, isn't it astonishing that you could build so great and still have very little tangible presence of God? People working hard to live a good life and to do things for God and not being able to enjoy a wonderful presence of God. Oh, man, we need the presence of God. We need the presence of God. Verse 12, it says, it was to, uh, verse uh, 11, the ark of the Lord, that's where the presence of God dwelt in the Old Testament, remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. Imagine being called a Gittite. So it doesn't go very well. What, what are you? I'm, you know, in New Zealand, what are you? I'm a Gittite. Anyway, he was a Gittite. Well, listen to this. But the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And it was told King David, saying, God has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. And David was extremely jealous. So Obed-Edom uh, had the ark of God's presence. And the presence of God in the Old Testament dwelt around the ark of the covenant with, with the uh, gold box, with the Moses uh, law and the angels, uh, cherubim over it. And, uh, but the presence of God was there. And when the ark was in this man's house for three months, everything he did turned to gold. His family was blessed. His marriage was blessed. His business was blessed. His gardens were blessed. Everything he did had the touch of God on it. 
In fact, it was so obvious that people went back after three months. So in three months, three months of the presence of God, every day, every night, day after day for three months, the presence of God. It was so obvious his life had changed. His family circumstances, finances, everything had changed. They went back to David and said, you don't know what, look what God's doing here. This guy is blessed. Everything he's doing is blessed. God is on it. Everything he does works. God's presence is there. This guy just stands out in three months. Everything around his life has changed. Finances, family, everything. David said, I've got to get that. I've got to get that ark back here into Jerusalem. I really got to. See, because David had a hunger for the presence of God. He just didn't know quite how God wanted to do it. That was all. But you know something? He, had, he suffered a major setback. He was trying to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to the city of God where God could be central in the house. God could be central in the nation. So he wanted the Ark desperately, the presence of God, to come back into Jerusalem, the capital city. Man, you go into our capital city. Ever been in our capital city and felt the atmosphere there? I'll tell you something. It is something different. And he wanted the presence of God to be in the capital city, to be the center of the nation's attention, governance, and worship. Why? Because he knew the nation would be blessed. And so he did his first effort to bring it in, and he messed it up completely because he had his own ideas about how God's presence would come. He got the nation out to watch. He played trumpets and musics and dancing and everything like that in the middle of the thing. But they had the ark on a, on a cart. They had this idea of how they would uh, just set these oxen up in a nice cart and brand new wheels, everything, bring it in. And it said that the oxen stumbled and a guy put his hand out, touched it and was, phew, he dropped dead right in front of everyone. And the whole show, thousands of people watching, stopped. Tends to do that when you're in the middle of a big show and the, one of the main features, a person dies. Tends to be quite a shocking thing. And so it stopped. And of course, you imagine the embarrassment David felt. And can you imagine the criticism he went through and the turmoil he went through? But you know something? His desire for the presence of God was greater. And he just sought God until he found out, oh, that's how you want me to do it. There is a way to bring the presence of God into the city. There is a way to carry the presence of God. There's a way the presence of God is released. And he just asked God to show him how. Have you ever asked God, how can I experience more of your presence? Have you ever asked him, how can I bring your presence into my family and into where I am, where I work? How can I do that? What could I do? I'll give you a couple of keys, show you just some simple things. And uh, the Bible, of course, has all the answers. But let me just give you two or three things. So we have to learn how to enter the presence and dwell in the presence of God first. If you're going to carry the presence of God and, and have a tangible difference and make a difference and your life stand out, you need to have time. You need to actually enter God's presence. You need to ex that means literally to experience Him in your personal life. So in Psalm 92, it tells us, Psalm 95 uh, um, verse 2, it tells us, uh, with thanksgiving and a joyful noise, I'll enter your gates with thanksgiving, I'll enter your courts with praise. The Bible tells us that we can come into God's presence, but we come a certain way. We come joyfully, we come thankfully, we come by faith, we come with boldness. But we must, in our spirit, make a decision to arise, express something to God that enables us to open our inner man to engage Him. And so we come by faith into the presence of God. In the meetings here, we don't just have music and sing songs. It's actually about coming before 
God with thanksgiving praise. David said, I will come before you with sacrifices of joy. So in other words, there are times he didn't feel very happy, but he would shout joyfully to the Lord, even though he didn't feel happy, and it was a sacrifice. It was something he did to create an environment and atmosphere that would draw response from God. So you and I must learn how to, in a meeting, open our heart and enter and experience and engage the presence of God. Meet within ourselves to allow our mind and heart to do that. And usually it means you've got to move your body, first of all, because your body often doesn't want to do anything. So move your body. I like to keep moving when I'm in a meeting, flow with the drum or the music or whatever's happening. Why? Because I want my inner person to be released. Uh, We need to let our mind and thoughts and heart and emotions uh, be focused towards the Lord. And then within our inner man, begin to see and open our heart to Him, to connect with Him and become conscious of Him. That's what it's about, becoming conscious of Him. And then we need to carry the presence of God. We saw in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 13, And so it was, when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep, and he danced before the Lord with all his might. Now you notice, in carrying the presence of God, in bringing the presence of God in, that David was unashamed and unhindered. And, and you know something? If you're going to carry the presence of God, you can't carry depression and the presence of God. You've got one or the other. And if you're carrying the presence of God, then it, ex- it needs to express. Express through our body. Express through your face. Express through your words. Express. You need to do something. You need to actually front up like God is actually there in your life. Like you really believe, I'm carrying the presence of God. I'm an ambassador of heaven. I have the joy, power of God and the life of God within me. And so we begin to engage people to carry the presence of God. I must let all of my inner man become conscious God is with me. So during the day, it's quite simple. During the day, we tend to get immersed in all kinds of activities. Your mind goes somewhere else and then you get open to something else and you begin to forget about God. But if during the day... You just for a moment, just close your eyes, become just conscious. God is with me. Thank you, Lord. I just thank you for your presence here. And You just become to allow your inner man to become aware. God is in me. The mighty Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, is inside me. Oh, I love you, Holy Spirit. And let your spirit rise up inside. Live from the inside out. So people see you. But you know, if your face is heavy, you don't talk, don't smile. You don't carry much of God. You know, if we're carrying the presence of God, there's an un- unafraid, unashamed, uninhibited. The presence of God always has a liberty. Where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. And so there's freedom. And so when we're carrying the presence of God, you'd expect that there would be a, 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 an influence, an atmosphere of God touching the people around us, that people would see an overflow. But if you withdraw into your shell, how can people feel the presence of God? How can they experience anything? I need to release the presence of God. Releasing the presence of God, not very hard. Just do it by words. So if you, for a moment, for just for a moment, just became conscious that God is with me. Now, you and I, you are joined. The Bible said, he that's joined the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. So if you'll let your whole inner man flow out, Lord, I release your presence into the schoolroom. I release your presence into this workplace right now. I arise within and from within my spirit. I command every demonic power to go, every spirit of heaviness to go. And I release the presence of God to touch every person, either by faith. I thank you for your presence. Just do it. It doesn't take long to do it. 
and you don't even have to do it with your eyes closed. After a while, you can just stand there and go into a place and just be releasing the presence of God and touching things. Oh, just release your presence into this place. I just release your presence. You may put your hand on something or someone. I release your presence is what you're saying on the inside. I release you, Lord, to flow through my spirit and to impact this person. Sometimes we sort of want God to do everything, but He wants to flow through us. Love of God is shed abroad out of our spirit, so it has to flow from our heart. When you open your heart to love people, God's love can flow. You may not even feel God's presence touching people, but they feel it. They feel it. I can remember just recently just talking with someone, I didn't feel a thing, and he said, oh, you know, when you just took and talk with me, I felt something come over me, and it just came, became calm and peaceful inside. I didn't feel a thing. But then we don't always feel much when we're carrying the presence of God. But we live from the inside out. You must let your inner life flow out of you. So when you meet people, look them in the eyes and greet them and let the love of God flow. Let Be present instead of having your mind go somewhere else. You ever talk with someone and uh, while you were talking with them, they began to think about something else? As soon as they began to think about something else, you felt the disconnection. So if we're going to bring the presence of God, then we need to be conscious of God and be connected. Just be aware. Just, it doesn't take a moment just to say, thank you, Lord, you're with me. And if you were to practice doing that day by day, opening up your heart to enter His presence, and then meditate, God is with me. God is with me. And allow your whole inner man to just focus on this one thing. God is with me. Lord, I respond to you. And you let your inner man respond. Don't let your thoughts and emotions govern you. Push them to one side or write down the things. But come to a place where you're rested inside, focused on the presence of God. Spend time in His presence. And as you spend time in His presence, you'll find more of His presence sticks to you wherever you are. This sort of, we can't hurry prayer time. You can't hurry things with God. You actually have to imbibe another atmosphere. Have you ever noticed, you know, some of you would notice, some might know what I'm talking about, but have you ever gone to a nightclub and you're there for a little while, pretty soon the spirit of the place will come around you and affect the way you think and how you feel, and very soon you'll be under the influence of that place. And the more you stay there, the more it influences you. You, you listen to a lot of uh, bad music or heavy kind of music. What will happen is in the spirit behind the people that wrote it will start to come over you. And very soon, that will be what prevails over you. You'll think that way. It will affect your emotions. It will affect your inner man. You'll not be conscious of the presence of God. You'll be conscious of the music and what it's got in it, its content, uh, where it came from. The spirit behind it will be what will be coming around your life. And you see, we want to be people who carry the presence of God. So we're going to have to make a few decisions about what I allow into my life, about what I listen to, what I watch, and value highly that I want to live in God's presence and carry God's presence and be able to release God's presence, be able to actually tangibly impact the people that are around me. We're having a season of fasting. Fasting is a great way to actually start to wean you off the things that hold your attention, fill your mind, and occupy you, and that's what you carry. When you've had time in the presence of God, something changes inside you. You, you feel different. You are different. You know, it says of Moses, Moses spent time in the presence of God. He came out of the presence of God. His face shone. He didn't even realize it. 
I was uh, just finished with one last story. I was with a um, in the Promise Keepers on uh, Friday night and had a meeting, and uh, there were 3,000 guys there. And great meeting, great time, and God came, and you could feel people entering into it. And but when I, I, I had a big altar call for people to get filled with the Holy Spirit, they took us into a side room. There's been no music, no worship. It's just an empty, cold room, and there's just all these guys. And I looked at them. I thought, look at this. There's a spirit of heaviness and like religion all over them. Just sort of heavy, unresponsive, unresponsive in the face, unresponsive in the eyes, unresponsive in the mouth. Say, God, you've got to help me with this one here. Over a little period of time, we ought to pray for them, get them filled with the Spirit. But I watched one man who came to be helped, and he was part of the prayer team. And he was an old guy. And he just went there, and he stood with some of the guys, and he just put his hand on their chest, and he just stood there quietly with them, didn't really say a lot. And then suddenly, boom, the guy would fall over. And he went on to another one, he just kind of put his hand on him, and just be, just quietly praying and talking to the Lord. And boom, down the guide, suddenly go. And no fuss, no anything. It was just God touching them. And I looked, I thought, now there's a man who spends time in the presence of God. There's a man who carries the presence of God. There's a man who can bring God to people. That's a good man. That's a good man. That's a godly man. A man who can bring God to people. And it's not all about noise or anything external, it's internal, being conscious of God. So why don't we in the seasons coming up, just increase our uh, focus on the Lord, just get into fasting, do some fasting, fast off something that fills your mind and soul and emotions and take the time to read the Word of God and spend time just worshipping Him, maybe just time in silence listening for Him, just pondering His presence. Become aware God is with you. And as you go out, just become conscious. I'm carrying the presence of God today. Wherever I go, I'm going to bring peace. I'm going to bring rest to that place. My presence is going to help subdue demons. I'm going to be able to speak in the Spirit. I'll just quietly pray and take authority over whatever's there and release something else to invade there. And I'll quietly, God and I will invade the place. What a great thing to do that, to bring change to people, to bring change to people because the presence of God is with you. Amen. Why don't we close our eyes right now? Maybe there's someone here who's never opened your heart to Jesus. It'd be great, great for you tonight, having come into a meeting like this where there's a presence of God here. And of course, this is light. It could be much thicker. It could be much more intense. I want it to be. But that means we all together hunger for more of God and we all together open up for more of God. But maybe here tonight you'd just like to make a decision. Well, I'd like to make a first step. I'd like to say yes to Jesus. I'm living with stuff that's not right in my heart and life, and I need God to help me. And if that's you tonight, Jesus came for you. He loves you. He brought you here tonight, drew you here so you could say yes to him. You say, well, you know, have I got to put everything right in my life? No, Jesus takes you just as you are. And then he works in you to do the changing. Say, so, well, you know, what does that mean? I've got to do all sorts of things. No, it doesn't. It just means you just open your heart and say, God, I'm making room for you. I want your presence in my life. I've lived lonely and alone all my life. Tonight I want you to come. I wonder if anyone here not received Jesus yet. You say, that's me tonight. I want to receive the Lord, become a Christian. Could you just raise your hand? Let me just see right now, just quickly. If there's anyone here tonight, just at that point to make a decision to give your life to Jesus Christ. Is there anyone here? Just raise your hand so I can see. 